Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Hello, Grace community. Good to see you this morning. I want to say hello to everyone joining us online as well. Thanks for uh, being with us. And Calvin's there, ready to talk to you. Uh, say hello, or we'd love to hear you uh, check in and let us know if we can pray for you anyway. Send us a message or an instant message, Calvin, and, and we want to care for you and love you. So thanks for joining us. So if I said um, Tommy Two-Tone, would anyone here know what I was talking about? There's a few. If I said uh, call 867-5309 and ask for Jenny, then maybe, okay, so Tommy Two-Tone, that's their song, right? That's like their one song uh, that they sing. Okay, how about, how about this one? If I said The Weather Girls. You know what the, oh, nobody, huh? It's raining men, hallelujah. It's raining men, amen, you got it. Okay, good. All right, how about, uh, here's we're gonna go way back now. How about the tokens? They did, uh, The Lion Sleeps Tonight was theirs. So now all of them have done like one song that you've heard of, and then the question is like, what happened to these guys? Like Tommy Two-Tone, there's only one girl, it's Jenny. I guess that's the only one he can sing about. And then just over, right? And they had all this potential, and then it just, it seemed to like go nowhere. It was there, and then it disappeared. And it reminded me of uh, the 1998 draft. And so the, the NFL draft, there were two quarterbacks, and they were both franchise quarterbacks, and they were coming up, and they knew that they were going to go one and two, and um, they were going to, I mean, it was going to change football for whoever got these guys. And so uh, the first one, uh, who was considered to be the better of the two, was Ryan Leaf. And so um, he had the stronger arm than the other guy. And uh, he was like, he was better overall, more Heisman votes. And uh, Indianapolis had the first pick. Um, but the problem was the Leaf didn't want to play for Indianapolis. So they're like, well, we don't want that mess. Uh, so they let him go. And he went to San Diego, number two. And so uh, Indianapolis took the second best guy. And you may have heard of him. His name is Peyton Manning. And so it was a little different as it worked out there. And now you know the story, right? So Ryan Leaf, he uh, made it, I think, for like four more years, never really did much, and then just kind of disappeared. Now, Peyton Manning went to the Hall of Fame, uh, right? And he had uh, the two rings and the five MVPs. And so, but the question is like, well, Ryan, what happened? So much potential, and we never saw it. And we're in this series right now, it's called Gifted, where this is the last week, and we wanted to wrap it up, and I wanted to talk a little bit about your potential, and see, there is so much potential in you. And I just don't want five or 10 years from now for us to say, whatever happened to that guy? Whatever happened to that girl? There's just so much there. And it just seems like they never did what God wanted them to do. They never stepped into all that God had for them. And I, I just, the question I have for you is, do you know the potential that you hold in Jesus? Do you understand all that he could accomplish and all that he can do and all that he can transform through you and in you? And I, I want to help you understand it just a little bit. If you have your Bible, open it up to Ephesians. We'll go to chapter 3. And Paul tells us in 3.20 of Ephesians, he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Now the first part I want you to get there is now to him who is able to do imaginably more 
than you could even think up. God can do so much more than you could even pretend to think about. Isn't that amazing? But then did you see how he gets it done? His power that is at work within us, within you. Do you get it? That he can do more than you ask or more than you can imagine through you. And that his power, by his power, there is so much potential to change this world and all glory to him. But the potential is found in you as you are in him. I want to talk a little bit about my favorite subject, which is me. And then maybe talk about everyone's favorite subject, which is you, right? Ourselves. And so let's just think for just a minute. Now, now just imagine that by his Holy Spirit, now we're going through this process, it's called sanctification. That's the big church word. And and God is changing us and transforming us and making us more like Jesus. In fact, that's a, a big point of what we're doing right now. But let's just imagine like he sped the whole process up and just right now by his Holy Spirit, he came and he just kind of, he cleared out all our hangups. And so there's no more fear for you. You know, you didn't have any uh, questioning people's motives and the insecurity, it's just gone and you don't live in those hangups anymore. And then um, imagine that the sanctification just happens so fast and then there's just sin is just like not really a problem. You know, you, you don't have to struggle with it. It's just like, you don't even think about it. It's scarcely even there. And then you get to a place where you are just walking by the Spirit. I mean, you're just absolutely in tune with the Holy Spirit. And every step is just kind of like you're having a conversation. Like, okay, where do I go next? What do I say next? And you're just moving with him at all times. And now just imagine that happened where you're seeing everybody like he sees them. And you see yourself like he sees you. And you see him like he really is. Imagine what could God do? What could God do through you? What could he accomplish if all that stuff was out of the way and we were just who we were supposed to be? Now imagine that he just takes the dial and we're like at a five and let's say he put you at a six. You know, I mean, there's like, there's Billy Grahams out here and Jim Elliott's and Hudson Taylor's. I mean, there is so much potential. And yeah, you can do world things, but but think about this. How about just the potential for, for loving your family, parenting, caring for your city, I mean, what could God do? Such potential in you. And now imagine every single one of us, every single one of us without exception says, okay, that's what I want. And I'm gonna be a kingdom man. I'm gonna be a kingdom woman. And I'm gonna be about what God is doing. And my whole life is just to see him go forward and to be done with lesser things and say, yes, Lord, whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, here we go. Can you imagine what we could do together as the body of Christ? as the family of Christ. You know, we're just like every pitch comes to you and boom, knock it out of the park, knock it out of the park, knock it. I mean, everybody who steps up to the plate. See, we got a bunch of Barry Bonds and, and Hank Aarons in here that can just every single time, you know what to do when you step up to the plate. You know how to do it. You know where it's gonna go. And see, God wants to field the whole team, make sure every position, everybody's just pressing in to what they have, he has for them being who he's called us to be. Can you imagine what he would get done with his church? So I want to show you just a little bit more about this. In 1 Corinthians 12, now we've been spending a lot of time in 1 Corinthians because we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit and we've been talking about the motivational gifts. And I want to go to chapter 12 and look at verse 12. And it says this, the body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. 
so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we're all given the one spirit to drink. And I love that little passage there because it reminds me, it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. I mean, listen, God is there to use you. You are part of the family and we all have a place in his kingdom. And now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Do you get that? So you're saying, you know, I don't really want to be part of it. God says, too bad you are. You are part of the kingdom. You are part of the body. And we're meant to do this together. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Which is just a reminder. Here we are. Oh, I wish I were like them. I wish I could do it their way. And it's like an ear, like I just, I can't see very good. And I wish I could see better. There's just all this noise, right? Well, be an ear because that's what you're supposed to do. Where was I? Uh, let's say 18. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but there is one body. Such potential. Imagine all of us dialed in saying, okay, I'm an ear and I'm going to be a really, really good ear. That's all I got. And I'm an eye and I'm going to see it with all my might. I'm going to step into what God has for me. I mean, imagine no wasted potential in this room. No one hit wonders who came in and didn't just kind of, well, I just kind of faded away. No, no, oh, what could have been if they only. None of us wishing to be something else or to be someone else, but to take our place in the wall. Can you imagine what God would do? And I'll tell you what, that's my dream. Church, we're, we're in a new era. The church is in a new era right now. We're all of us. I mean, it's not just what happens up here. It's not what the staff does. It is all of us. We are the body of Christ. And before, I know many of us, we were comfortable just to kind of sit back and watch and kind of participate and Jesus was a part of our life. It's just not gonna work going forward. There's too much work to be done. There's too much on the line right now. And God is calling every single one of us to step in and take our place. And I'll tell you what, this has been just my passion for the last couple of years, is that we are all working together in the kingdom. I want to see all of us, this is my dream, that all of us will take our place to move forward together. And what couldn't we accomplish by his great grace and by his great will? God doing immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is in you. Us together advancing the kingdom of God for the glory of Jesus. And that's why we've been talking about spiritual gifts. If you haven't been here for the last three weeks, I would really encourage you to go to our website and listen to the last three messages. And we've been saying, okay, these spiritual gifts are not just for people who are doing this. These spiritual gifts are for you and your home and your family. And and that we got to take these things off the shelf and they're not for the special people. They are for every people in Christ. For you to walk in and to move in his power in your family and in your work and in your ministry. And that it's all of us stepping in, taking what is given to us by Jesus. And that's why our vision is to give, grow, and gather. Where every single one of us finds a place that we can express what God has put into us. That every single one of us is serving and changing as we serve. That we're growing, we're being discipled, and we're discipling one another. And not content to just kind of sit back. Because listen, when you get better, everybody around you gets better. When you grow, everybody around you is blessed. 
and strengthened and helped. It's actually not just about you. Your growth, people are depending on you to grow so their lives could be touched. And we do this as we gather together. We do this as a body. We do this as a family because we are stronger together and we're better together and that's how God intended it to be. And that's why for the last year or so, I've been talking about each one of us, each one reach run, where the great commission is all of ours, that he gave it to us, that we all need to say, okay, now God, who would you have me lead to you so they can be free? Because he wants to multiply this work where every single one of us engages and we see people getting saved all over the place. And this gifted series is we want to see each of us empowered, each of us released, each of us having ownership. And the, the theme for this year for this church is overflow. And see, I believe if all of us, if we will do this, we are going to see so much life coming out of here and so much freedom coming out of here and so much power coming into here. See, God, we pour it out and he just pours it in. And so many people coming to Jesus, we're just gonna, we need more jars. How are we gonna contain it all? How are we gonna hold it all as we're doing what God has asked us to do? I believe that's what's for us. That's what's ahead for us. If we'll say yes, I believe that's what God is going to do right here in our midst. So I've asked our discipleship pastor, Renell Good, to come up and just talk a little bit to help us understand, okay, who we are and how we work together and what are some steps that we can take to start engaging this great commission, this great work, being our part in the body of Christ. So would you uh, welcome our discipleship pastor, Renell? So on Monday morning, I woke up not feeling well. It was just a silly little head cold, but it took me out for two days. The motivation that I had to get anything on my to-do list done was gone. And so I basically spent two days in bed complaining about the fact that I wasn't feeling well. A little hindrance right here in my sinuses waylaid two days worth of plans. And I tell you this, not for you to be concerned that I had COVID, no. It was a head cold. But I want you to see that there's a reason that God uses an actual physical body as an analogy for his body, for the body of Christ, for the church. We all have a physical body. We all know what it's like to have a limitation or an illness or an injury that takes out part of our body. And when that happens, the rest of the body feels, feels it, right? So maybe you've had your back go out, or maybe you're dealing with an illness or an injury now, and you can feel in the rest of your body when there's something not working correctly. Let's take a hand. Say for some reason, some horrible accident, it was amputated, and you had to live the rest of your life without your hand. Would you be able to still function in life? Yes, absolutely. But you would have to learn a new way of doing something. You would be limited in your function because that hand is missing. And likewise, the hand on its own out here would not be able to thrive very well, right? It needs to be attached to the body. So I really love this imagery because it's something that we can grab a hold of and understand how the church is supposed to work. 
We've been talking about the difference between motivational gifts and the spiritual gifts in the last couple weeks. And like Carl said, if you haven't gotten a chance to see those, if you weren't here for one of those three weeks, I highly recommend going back and watching it because it's been such a powerful series for so many of you. You've expressed to us how God is working and, ex- and getting you excited about how he's gifted you uniquely. So go back and watch that. But we're going to visit the motivational gifts just a little bit more today because I think it's really important for us to grab hold of this imagery. So in Romans 12, it lists the motivational gifts. And these are gifts in the way that God has created you uniquely in in the way that you operate in the world. So it's the lens in how you see the world. It's how you how you move, what just comes naturally to you in the way that you interact with others and just approach the world. So in uh, Romans 12, it lists the motivational gifts. It's insight, serving, teaching, leading, giving, exhortation, and mercy. What I love about this perspective of each of us being created in a unique way and having a lens in which we see the world is that we actually get to learn from one another we were all created in the image of God. Genesis 1, it says we were all created in his image, but we're also different. And so to me, what that means is that there's different aspects of God that we can learn from each other about, that God is all of these things, and I am unique from you, so I have a lot to learn from you about who God is in the way that he's created you and how he's created me. If you haven't gotten a chance to take the motivational gifts assessment that we have, I highly recommend doing that because you're created to know how God made you unique. We have it on our website. We also have a direct link there in your bulletin through a QR code that you can use. It'll take you directly to that assessment. But take that because it's really important that you know how you were made for his purposes. So each of the gifts listed in Romans 12 reflects a part of the body and its purpose. And I'm going to take just a little bit of time to go over each of them again because the imagery is so beautiful, how it uh, is reflected in the body. So number one, insight. The people with the gift of insight are the eyes of the body. They have a deep understanding of what's really going on. They can oftentimes see what's going on in the spiritual realm regarding a particular circumstance way in advance from when others can. And so they are actually the protectors of the body for the rest of us. The second gift is the gift of service. These people are the hands of the body. They love to get things done. They can see what needs to be done and they just do it. And so the gift that they bring to the body is they make things happen. They move us forward in action. The third motivational gift is teaching. People with the gift of teaching are the mind of the body. They love to research and know all about a task or an issue. They also can communicate that for the growth of the body. So they bring growth to the rest of us. Exhortation is number four, and these people with this gift have the, are the mouth of the body. They encourage others and they fuel hope for the rest of us. They bring fun and laughter to the body as well. Giving is the next gift, and these people are reflected in the arms of the body. So these are very generous people, and they're usually great stewards of finances so that they can give even more. They move the whole body forward with their resources. 
Number six is the gift of leadership. And these people with this gift are the shoulders of the body. They can see the big picture and carry it forward. They motivate the whole body towards a goal. And then lastly, the gift of mercy, the folks that are the mercy people, they are the heart of the body. So they're full of love, compassion, and empathy. They perceive the emotions of others, and they meet the needs of the whole body, both in their words and their actions. My motivational gift is leadership. I can't help it. I gravitate towards bringing direction and vision, especially in areas where there is a leadership void. So my part of the body, as we just saw, is I'm a shoulder in the body. And I want you to think, move your shoulders a little bit, what do your shoulders do for you? They carry loads, they lift things, but they're also, this ball joint here is the connection point for the arms and the hands to the rest of the body. So my role is to cast vision, bring direction, and also bring connection to the givers and the servers in the body. If I am able to cast a vision well, these guys get involved and things happen, right? But you see, if I'm not operating in my gift, if I'm not willing to move my shoulder in the way that God has created me to be, how far do the people who are connected to me have as a reach? They cannot move as far in their giftings. And so if I say no, I'm not going to use my leadership gift. I'm actually limiting the ability of the people who are connected to me. But when I say yes, I am going to move in the way that God has created me, look at the reach that we can all have together. Look how far we can go out into the mission work that God has put in our, in our lives. I want to use the example of the Lane property. So if you're newer around here and you haven't heard us talk about it. The property that's to the north of the church here, it's a little scruffy with lots of trees. There's three acres over there. Uh, About a year ago, we were brought the vision from the leaders, Carl and Ken here at the church, of what could God do in the future with Grace Community Church if we were able to purchase that property. It's the only place that we have for expansion. And so what, just imagine, what could God do? And we were in this place of of vision casting and and dreaming, and we were able to come into agreement to purchase the property. And so when, when they cast that vision well, then the givers got involved, did their part, and we were able to purchase that property debt free. You see how God works through all of us, connected together. This interconnectedness, this need for each other, is evident in all parts of the body. If your gift is insight, and you're the eyes of the body, if your gift is teaching and you're the mind of the body, but you're not in connection to me as a leader, then essentially I'm walking around blindly and I can trip over things that are ahead of me because I don't see them. I could whack the people that I'm leading into harm because I do not have that insight word that I need. If your gift is mercy, You bring heart to every situation, and you remind those of us who are more task-oriented that God's heart is actually first for people, not for getting things done. If you don't use that gift in the body, then I might overrun people in the name of getting things done, instead of remembering that first, they're God's most precious commodity. 
Christ says he is the head of the body. That means he's the authority. He's in charge. But isn't it amazing how he set himself on a group of people who have a choice to say, yes, I'm going to walk in this purpose, or no, I'm not going to. I'm going to choose to live only for myself. And I think it's just incredible that he has given us that partnership with him. I have seen an injured and bruised body of Christ that's just limping along simply because we don't understand that each of us are essential to furthering the kingdom of heaven here on earth. I want to ask you if you're living for just your part or if we're living for the wholeness of the body. If we nurse our injuries and live only for ourselves, it takes us out of living for the body and God's plans will not advance with the same power. But if we live in confidence in our part of the body and the purpose that that brings to our lives and to God's kingdom, can you imagine what a healthy and thriving body of Christ could do? What an impact that would have on our community and far out into eternity. And so I want to ask you, are you moving in your purpose? Are you walking in your potential? Are you staying in your lane? Do you even know what your gift to the body is? Because you were created to know. You were created to walk in it. If you don't know, the body of Christ is limping. It's handicapped, and we need you to do your part. We're connected, and we really do feel it when one part has decided to sit out. So Carl mentioned Peyton Manning living up to his full potential. And I want to submit to you that if Manning wasn't surrounded by a whole team giving it their all and training in their position, he would not have had the ability to reach his potential without their support. If his offensive line didn't protect him, if his wide receivers were not catching his passes, he would not have won any of his Super Bowl rings. He would not have made it to the Hall of Fame. It's because the beauty of an individual's gift is shown in the whole team. The beauty of your gift is shown in the whole body. So living in confidence over my gift is something that I have had to grow in. I used to believe that I had to strongly exhibit all the parts of the body instead of just my own. It was the achiever in me, but it was also a belief in the lie the enemy wanted me to swallow that I needed to do everything on my own. I needed to do it all myself. I think for too long it's a lie that we in the church have believed is that we need to do everything. Each of us needs to do everything. That we need to make ourselves better at all the gifts. And yes, I need to be merciful and I need to be a servant leader. I need to walk in wisdom. But the truth is that I'm supposed to grow in leadership because leadership is my gift. And when I get better, the whole body gets better. When you grow in your gift, the whole body grows as well. God in his goodness has walked me out of that lie and replaced it with the truth that the body can only be healthy through its many parts. And when I figured that out and I was able to start focusing and growing my leadership gift, the achiever in me turned from having to do everything on my own to just growing in the gift and owning that I needed to be a better leader. It takes humility too to know that we need to grow in those areas that God has gifted us. As with the muscles in the body, in a physical body, there's training to become stronger. So I want to encourage you to flex your muscles and and grow in the areas that God has gifted you. But I want to say that the best way to grow is to get moving. 
Think about if you go to a gym. Are you going to get stronger if all you do is stand there? No. You have to actually move. You have to do the exercises. So there's growth and conditioning that's going to happen along the way as we get moving. We won't always get it exactly right. There may be some injury too that comes. But I believe that growth happens better when we're moving than when we're not doing anything, than we're standing still. So if you're not active in the body of Christ in some way, if you feel like you're doing something that's not the right fit for your gift, if you want to go deeper into knowing how to use your gift more, then I have a couple options for you to get started. First of all, I want to invite you to come to Growth Track. I know there's many of you who have already come to Growth Track and you know more about how God has created you. But this is a series of three classes that we really walk alongside you and say, you were created for more, you were created for purpose, let's dive into that, let's help you get connected more into the body of Christ. Those of us on staff come alongside you and walk you through that process. So the next Growth Track starts on March 6th, and it'll be three weeks in a row, Sunday evenings. Please come. Please register. Please come. We have dinner together. We have a great time just getting to know one another and being the body together. And then secondly, as you leave today, you'll see out in the Welcome Center, we have a Grace Dream Team Job Description Directory. So what we've done here is we've taken every single place that you could serve at Grace and written a description of what all is involved. And then at the end of that, we pair some motivational gifts that might go well with that particular job description. Now you can use a mercy or teaching, leadership, insight, any of those gifts in every single ministry. So you'll also say, what type of group of people do I like to work with? Read through this, ask the Holy Spirit to show you where to get started, where to get moving, and then make the call. Get connected with the ministry leader who leads that that job and, and start moving, start conditioning yourself. I want to be a part of a body where Christ is the head directing us and where all of us are contributing to the forward motion of his kingdom here on earth as we do our part and live in our purpose. You have a choice. You have a choice, and I sure hope that you'll say yes. Saying yes to living for the whole body and the kingdom of God is amazing. And I want you to know that you are essential. I cannot do my job without you. We cannot do our jobs without you saying yes and moving in your purpose. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for my family here, my friends here. Thank you for the plans that you have for their lives. Father, you said that before the creations of the world were set in place, you knew them, you thought of them, you created them for this time and in this place. And I just praise you for that, what purpose that brings to our lives. Jesus, I thank you for your work on the cross that reconciled us back to the Father so that we could walk in that purpose. We could have life abundant with him. And Holy Spirit, what... What a promise that you are our helper, that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. I just praise you for the way that you move and that you bring us along in your movement. So Jesus, I just ask that you would reveal to us where we can say yes, what the next step is in our lives, and that we would have the confidence to say yes and move. In your name I pray, amen.
thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.